1: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley.
0: And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, APAS releases a report showing last year was the most expensive year ever for producing food in Saskatchewan. The SARM Midterm Convention opens in Saskatoon tomorrow when we chat with the President about issues to be discussed at the meeting. The federal carbon tax on farm natural gas and propane is discussed in Ottawa and the Ministry of Agriculture in Saskatchewan suggests farmers set up a farm safety program. The farm weather's in its usual spot.
1: This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley.
0: Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. APAS is raising concerns about the high cost of producing food. President Ian Boxall says 2021 was the most expensive year for farmers ever. He says farm cash expenses in this province were over $11.5 billion, 11% higher than the previous year.
3: Last year, most expensive year ever for inputs on the farm.
0: Outline some of those for me
3: well i think between fertilizer and the high cost of chemicals that we saw last year specifically around you know roundup and you know liberty glyphosate and liberty were extremely high and the cost of fertilizers ridiculous and then add in the you know the record price of fuel it is the most expensive crop producers have ever grown
0: and it comes at an interesting time with the war between russia and ukraine
3: you bet and to offset some of that is good market prices for our commodities. Absolutely offsets that. But what are the indicators? The traditional indicators that would have, you know, led us to believe in fertilizer increases or fuel increases, they're not there. When oil was a dollar forty a barrel or hundred and forty dollars a barrel, fuel was a buck. Oil's around eighty dollars a barrel and fuel's two dollars. The indicators aren't there. Now I'm not saying there's price taking in the marketplace and fertilizer and fuel and some of this stuff, but if it isn't that then tell us what it is. Tell us what is driving these prices to the point where if the markets fall off, we are in trouble in Western Canada.
0: So you're concerned about what you call the lack of transparency? Absolutely, the lack of transparency within you know, some of these
3: sectors. What is driving the price? You know, is, it a, is it a shortage? Is it a fabricated shortage? Is it price-taking? What is it? My mind, I'm not saying it's price-taking, but when you see these prices that we are paying for our inputs, That's where my mind goes, and that's where lots of producers' minds go, and that's what we heard at our district meetings around the province here over the last three weeks, and we just want to understand what's driving these prices.
0: I understand you're also facing some supply uncertainties. How bad is it?
3: Well, I think there were some producers around the province that had trouble getting second pass of their chemicals for their canola last, last summer during the growing season, so that's a concern as we you know, try to manage the weeds and ensure that we grow the best crop we can as it's needed around the world with everything that's going on geopolitically. So it is a a big concern, supply issues as well. But what's driving all this? Why, Why are we seeing this today? What, you know, yes, markets are high, but what is driving the cost to the point where, you know, we grew our most expensive crop ever in Western Canada?
0: Have you got some numbers how much things have gone up since 2019? Well, I think, A prime
3: example is I think inflation over that time has gone up about 14% and fertilizer has gone up 129%. So I understand inflation and all that, but why is it that the the farm inputs have are substantially higher than what inflation is. These are questions we have that we don't necessarily have the answers for that we feel we need to understand better, that producers need to have some transparency in the marketplace as to what is driving our inputs up so we can make better and more informed decisions on when to buy it and and when we need to get it on farm and all those decisions.
0: What would you like to see the federal government do?
3: I don't know if this is a role for the government or if this is a role for industry. I know that Ag Canada, or the Standing Committee on Agriculture, is going to be looking into the cost of food. And we would ask them that they look at the cost of inputs as well at the farm gate. But I think there's some education that the industry could give us as well to explain to us why we're seeing these huge increases. And
0: and we're just asking for them to explain what's going on. Ian Boxall of Tisdale is the president of
1: Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture today with Jim Smalley on
0: 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie Six Inch Eavesdrops. An Inch Makes a Big Difference, prairievestrops.ca, and your Prairie Co op Grow Team, fueling farms feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasburg. Rural crime and federal gun control are among the major issues to be raised at the SAR Midterm Convention, which opens tomorrow in Saskatoon. President Ray Orb estimates as many as 1,000 rural councillors will attend the two day convention. Well,
4: typically for our midterm convention, you know, we get 800, maybe 1,000 delegates. You know what? There could be more this year. The weather is fairly nice, and I think the highways are good, so um, we'll probably have a good turnout in Saskatoon.
0: What do you see as some of the key issues to be raised at the two day meeting? Well, you know, always
4: rural crime is, is on the agenda. We have I think a lot of concerns from our members about the amount of rural crime that's out there. So anticipating that, we have a a panel discussion on Thursday morning to start off the day. uh, We have Rhonda Blackmore, the Assistant Commissioner of the RCMP. And we have Tim Broat, who is an RM counselor from Edenwald. And uh, he's also president of the Saskatchewan Rural Crime Watch Association. So we're going to have a kind of a and a We're going to have a good discussion about Rural Crime Watch. Also, you know, what the RCMP is seeing out there. Maybe some of the stats to, um, you know, what the amount of real crime is, what kind of crimes we're seeing, and, and maybe how we can work together to alleviate some of the real crime issues for sure. Another hot topic I think we'll have Robert Freeberg, he's a Saskatchewan firearms officer that will be, uh, will be talking about the federal regulations, some of the federal firearm restrictions, how Saskatchewan views those. I know there is always a certain amount of pushback from our province on that, and I think from a membership as well in regards to handgun bans. Um, hopefully, you know, the federal government not intervening anymore with, with long guns, the rifles and shotguns that hunters and that farmers use to protect their livestock. Also, there'll be a good panel discussion on on rural uh, mental health. We'll have a discussion about that. We know, looking at some of the surveys, there's still a lot of angst out there in the farming community, a lot of stress on farmers right now, and to some extent, Uh, I think our farmers are feeling uh, frustration from uh, our federal government and some of the issues, some of the legislation, some of the regulations that the federal government uh, is even talking about putting in place. One of those, of course, is uh, fertilizer emission reduction. The proposal that the federal government has put forward, you know, on that, really a big concern to our farmers.
0: What do you see as some of the major resolutions to be looked at?
4: Well, there are a couple of resolutions on the fertilizer emission a uh, reduction proposal from the federal government, so I'm assuming those resolutions will be passed. Also one on health care that you know that's a big issue from our members as well. We saw uh, over the last year we saw some rural hospitals that emergency services closed down that, that's always a big problem for rural members. So we have a resolution I think that's going to advance education if it's passed. I'm, I'm assuming it will be, to have more seats available. Uh, we know we need more doctors, we need more nurses, we need more emergency technicians. I think we need, just need more personnel and more equipment in health care, particularly in the rural
0: areas. In your address to delegates, what's a key part of your message going to be?
4: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a lot of the things I think that I mentioned to you already. But one of the things I wanted to focus on is of course it's harassment and bullying and you know some of that some of that is coming from the general public uh there are a certain number of rm councils that are being harassed by members of the general public but also, we also do have reports about uh rm councils not getting along perhaps with administrators or vice versa but with with the individual council members and we want to address that uh there are courses that members can take to educate them more, one of them is dealing with harassment and it is respect in the workplace. And those are the kind of things that we want to relate to our members. Please get along, please educate yourselves if you're not already. But also we want to relay that image to the general public and we want respect mutually between RMs and members of the public. And that's something I want to focus on in my speech tomorrow
0: morning. The SARM midterm meeting runs tomorrow and Thursday in September. Time now
1: for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Asitaboya and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM.
5: This is your RealAgriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at RealAgriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. I'm Sean Haney, founder of RealAgriculture.com and host of Real Ag Radio. Today's guest is David Coletto. He is CEO of Abacus Data. Hey, David, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here, Sean. Good to see you. Yeah, it's great to uh, chat with you. So today we're going to talk about being in a business with multiple generations. And, you know, to be honest, this is a lot of family farms across the country. Why is this such a time, such a struggle? Like what? And I guess, first of all, before we get to why is it a struggle? What makes each generation different? Like, how does this how does this actually happen? Yeah, well, I think.
2: So when we talk about generations, we're talking about a group of people born around the same time in which the environment and influences and the experiences that they've kind of shared all kind of come together to create differences in how they view the world, in what their priorities are, in how they use technology, right? Every generation, this has happened. Um, and and so, you know, generational turnover in a business, in any organization has happened forever, right? It, it's just part of life. Um, new generations come in and and old ones go out and, and that's normal. Um, and I think every older generation, go back hundreds of years, has looked at the one that's come after it and said, hey, something's wrong with the kids <laughs> or they're just not right. They're lazy. They're entitled. You know, they don't want to work as hard as I do. So that is... And I, I always hear it. I do a lot of public speaking on this. I'm, you know, I travel all over the country, meeting with different industries, different sectors, um, and, and agriculture and farming is no different. So I come at this by saying, in order to, 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 to really deal with it, um, to understand it, you've got to understand where different generations come from. Right. And so when we think about any generation, I think there's two primary factors that matter into really understanding who they are. How were they raised? And what role has technology played in their lives, right? And technology has always been something that new generations have dealt with, right? For my uh grandfather, um, you know, the, the 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 shift from a rotary phone to a push phone was a significant shift. It maybe fundamentally didn't change the way he communicated, but it was a change. The you know, the, the introduction of photocopiers into offices or fax machines, right? But what's happened is with younger generations. That technological change has happened so rapidly that you know you've seen actually big gaps between generations on how they get information, how they make decisions, how they work, how they communicate with each other. That it's exaggerated. I think the differences between generations. Mm. Then add to the fact that you know um, younger generations, particularly if you think of millennials, Gen Z, you know that's the two youngest ones in the in the labor market right now. Um, they were raised, I think on average, a typical experience very differently than say my parents who are baby boomers were raised, right? Much more flattened hierarchy, more feedback, more self-esteem building, right? You can do anything you want. And frankly, a lot of boomer parents, they got either blame, take the blame or credit for that. Um, but nonetheless, that, that has created a different expectation about work and what work means. And so when you think about generational change, You know, I always I always encourage audiences to just sit down and think about if you've got kids, if you've got team members or or employees who are of different generations, just try to imagine what their
5: typical upbringing was like, because that gets you at least partway to understanding where they're coming from. There's pop culture influences, too. Is is there not that kind of define a generation? Absolutely. I mean, like the music you listen to movies. I, I mean, the other unique
2: thing about the last 20 years is it's also been really a creator culture, right? Um, my father played the guitar. He could play in his basement or he could play in the garage with his buddies, but he couldn't really reach an audience. Well, a 15-year-old today can record themselves singing on YouTube and and if they hit it big, millions of people, right? That's how Justin Bieber was discovered, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so, it's a very different um, landscape in that technology has enabled, empowered people generally, but particularly young people, to believe that more is possible.
5: This has been your Real Agriculture update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at Real Ec- It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source,
1: 620
0: CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, the fog dissipating early this afternoon, then mainly cloudy. Winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high minus 10 today. 30% chance of flurries tonight. Risk of freezing drizzle overnight. Low minus 15 with temperature rising to minus 6 by morning. Wednesday, periods of snow, risk of freezing drizzle, early in the morning, wind northwest 20, increasing to 40, gusting to 60. The high, minus 4 tomorrow, 60% chance of flurries, the low, minus 12. Thursday, partly cloudy, windy, high minus 11, the low, minus 15. Friday, periods of snow, the high minus 8, the low minus 14. Saturday, sunny with a high minus 10, the low minus 11. Sunday, sunny, the high minus 3, the low minus 11. Monday, sunny, the high minus 4. Normal high for this state, minus 2. The normal low is minus 12. The sun rose at 8.13 this morning. It sets at 5.14 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Maple Creek at minus 1. And the cold spot is the Queen City, Regina, at minus 17. On the roundup, Estevan is minus 15. Saskatoon, minus 3. Swift Current. Minus 6. Weyburn, minus 15. Yorkton, minus 14. Once again, Regina, overcast. Some mist. We're the cold spot in the province at minus 17 degrees. That's one above Fahrenheit. Humidity is 79%. Their barometric pressure falling 103.6. Light snow and moose jaw. Minus 7 winds are from the southeast at 9. Once again, Regina, mid... This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan
1: Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM
0: Agri-News Director, June Smalley. Time now for Countdown to Agribition, brought to you by Conexus Credit Union and 2S Auctioneers. Show your Conexus card for free admission to Canadian Western Agribition. Agribition opens on Monday, November the 28th. President Kim Hextall of Falls says Agribition features a trade show, cattle exhibits, and four nights of rodeo. She expects about 2,000 head of livestock to be on display.
4: Yes, we're right in that area, and uh, we hit our five-year average on our haltered cattle, so our purebred beef cattle, and people are, are really excited to be getting to the show.
0: Now, how about a 10? Ten- what, what are you hoping to see this year? Well, we always hope to see
4: uh, attendance hit the mark. So, uh, you know, I, our attendance, of course, was a little bit lower last year. But if we can get back to pre-pandemic levels and if get into that 120,000 people, it would be really great.
0: Kim Hextall is the president of Canadian Western Agribition. Agribition opens Monday, November 28th and wraps up Saturday, December 3rd. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. Bill 234 will soon be heading back to the Commons for a final vote and then on to the Senate. The Commons Agriculture Committee had a long discussion about the bill yesterday to exempt propane and natural gas from the federal carbon tax when used on-farm to dry grain or heat barns. It was Foothills Tory MP John Barlow who introduced a sunset clause to the bill in that as new technologies are developed, the exemption would be lifted and he proposed a period of 10 years. Here's what he said at the meeting yesterday. Certainly this uh,
6: amendment uh, comes forward just certainly from the, the testimony we heard uh, from, uh, from many of the presenters uh, who uh, gave their time and talked about the impact uh, the carbon tax is having on their operations, but also... The confidence that they have that technology eventually will um, allow for a change in how they are heating their barns and, and drying their grain. Uh, so certainly, in conversation with uh, with our, our colleagues, uh, we felt the sunset clause was uh, certainly something that we could uh, we could support and would be um, an incentive for when the time comes when new technology is commercially, uh, as well as uh, economically and regionally available. Uh, that uh, we know our farmers are always going to uh, embrace new innovation and new technology that that makes them more sustainable, uh, more uh, economically and environmentally sustainable, I think are two important pillars. Uh, So we are proposing uh, to amend uh, the PMB to have a 10-year sunset clause as
0: as part of the bill. Liberal members of the committee, especially Ontario MP Ryan Turnbull, were opposed to the length of the sunset clause. Turnbull, as he stated weeks earlier, strongly believes there is technology available that farmers could be using now, but they're unwilling to adopt it. For me, in listening to all the testimony,
6: we heard that for grain drying, there is technology. It's just not commercially. Uh, adopted at the, this point so I mean I've done research myself I've found many examples of grain drying technology that's out there we just haven't adopted it in Canada yet so my point is just that I, I, again a sunset clause for this is important to me personally like I think having a I, I would prefer it to be a shorter time frame to be honest um, but um, Certainly the one that's proposed here is, is 10 years. And I think, but it, once you start talking about the potential for extending that, that's, that's where, where all
0: of the alarm bells in my mind go off. A vote was taken after discussion, and the Sunset Clause was approved by a margin of 6 to 5, but with one further amendment that all members agreed to was for a period of 8 years instead of 10. So now the bill will head back to the House of Commons.
1: You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRA.
0: This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. Arcolabuildingsupplies.com The Ministry of Agriculture has suggested farmers develop a farm safety program. Ministry spokesperson Trish Johnson has details.
7: And we don't really know the extent of many farm-related injuries since most go unreported. Even minor injuries are a strain on the farm and result in lost time and resources. Why not take some time this winter to develop a farm safety plan for your operation? The Agriculture Health and Safety Network at the University of Saskatchewan has templates available to assist you to develop a farm safety plan customized for your own farm. Every day we work with tools and large equipment, hazardous chemicals such as fuel, fertilizer and chemicals, and livestock. Often this work is done in less than favorable conditions add to that the stress of high debt loads, fluctuating markets and unpredictable weather. More importantly, family members and employees might also be at risk. A farm safety plan starts with a scan of your farmyard to identify all potential hazards and danger zones. Do you have basic personal protective equipment such as safety boots, gloves, dust masks, hearing protection and safety glasses available? Do you and your family know where your nearest fire extinguisher and first aid kit are located? Do you have emergency contact information and legal land locations posted in obvious locations in case they're needed? For every potential hazard, it's important to have a written strategy to reduce or remove any risk. It's also necessary to communicate that information to everyone else on the farm. Do you make it a regular practice for everyone to do quick walk around inspections before starting up that vehicle or implement? Are all the guards in place? Are pets and children a safe distance away? Do you have a buster point where everyone should gather in the event of an emergency? Once your farm safety plan has been developed, it's important that the information be shared with everyone on your farm. You should make a habit of reviewing the plan on a regular basis, both as a refresher and to reflect any environmental, equipment and personnel changes on your farm. Remind everyone on your team that safety is a priority. A workplace incident or fatality can threaten the future of your farm. For the sake of your family and employees, make safety a priority with a farm safety plan.
0: Trish Jordan is with the Ministry of Agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market update brought to you by Freeze Tauman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tauman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tauman in Regina and Fort Capel, and Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. Looking for the perfect vehicle, they'll find a match that exactly fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving Southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. Grain markets were reflecting downward movement. Viterra prices for canola fell 340 at 85532. One red spring wheat went down five thirty-seven at four thirty zero nine. The rest unchanged. Durham four ninety-eight fifty. Feed barley three sixty two eighty seven. Chickpeas nine twenty-five ninety-five. Flax seven hundred forty two ninety eight. Lentils 752.50, oats 279.32, yellow peas 469.08, feed wheat 289.56. At Minneapolis, hard red spring wheat for December.
1: It's the livestock reports on the source 620 CKRM.
0: The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Wayburn Livestock Exchange. Call Wayburn Livestock 842-4574. Now the latest quotes.
8: This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of November 15th. Our last regular sale is on November 9th. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.80 to $0.90. D3 cows sold from $0.65 to $0.79. Counter cows sold from $0.50 to $0.65. Heiferat sold from $1.55 to $1.85. Good Butcher Bulls sold from $1.16 to $1.25. We had a pre-sorted calf sale here on Monday, 300 to 400 pounds. Stairs steers averaged three dollars and six cents and sold up to, $3.37. 400 to three dollars thirty-seven Four hundred to four fifty pound steers averaged three dollars and sold up to three dollars and twenty-eight cents. Four fifty to five hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and ninety cents and sold up to three dollars and twenty-eight cents. Five hundred to five fifty pound steers averaged two dollars and eighty cents and sold up to three dollars and seven cents. Five fifty to six hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and sixty-seven cents and sold up to two dollars eighty-eight. 600 to 650-pound steers averaged $2.53 and sold up to $2.77. 650 to 700-pound steers averaged $2.48 and sold up to $2.63. 700 to 800-pound steers averaged $2.49 and sold up to $2.57. Heifers were about $0.45 cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a load of 430-pound black steers at $3.14 dollars 14 pounds. Three loads of 500-pound black steers at $2.93 a pound. Three loads of 550-pound black steers at $2.71 a pound. Two loads of 600-pound black steers at $2.61 a pound. A load of 650-pound black steers at $2.58 a pound, and a group of 700-pound black steers at $2.47 a pound. This has been Stephanie Dagg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets the cattle and the prices too.
0: And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, $212.28 per CKG. Coming up, the res-
1: This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley.
0: Now the resource report. Brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. Saskatchewan trade and export development has highlighted several recent efforts to bolster the economy and Saskatchewan's presence on the world stage. Saskatchewan is on pace for a record year of exports. In the first eight months of the year, merchandise exports in Saskatchewan rose 44% compared to 2021 and surpasses pre-COVID total exports in 2019. Some recent international engagements include Germany-based K plus S, Announcing plans to double potash production at the Bethune Legacy Mine, adding 70 new jobs. Saskatchewan-based Black Fox Distillery secured a deal in the UK to sell its spirits. The Singapore office assisted Norquin to secure a deal resulting in the first shipment of Saskatchewan-grown quinoa to the Southeast Asian region. A Memorandum of Understanding to Advance Energy Partnership with Abu Dhabi and the United Arab Emirates was reached. Trade and Export Development Minister Jeremy Harrison says over 50 delegations visited Saskatchewan this year to explore increased trade and investment opportunities. On the markets, the TSX is up 116 points to 20,038. The Dow has gained 185 points to 33,722. Oil has fallen 5 cents at 85.82 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 75.20 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon.
1: You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620 CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything a 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.